With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. I said stop your booing already. He's not here. How many times do I got to get that through? Morning, welcome to Lucas in the Morning, Uncle Lukey in Chicago getting ready for the Badgers' Big Ten tilt, which we now know will be against the Nebraska Cornhuskers winners yesterday, shocking winners yesterday over Maryland. So it'll be the Badgers and Nebraska about 2 o'clock today. We'll preview that and much more today. I'm Rob Vogel alongside Gentle Ben. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Not I, well. Not well, I can hear it. I am here, but I am not well. <laughs> am I still to blame for this cold that you have, or I'm can we, we moved you. on? Nope. It is all your fault. What are we talking about? What kind here? Is this a sinus infection? What is it? Because that's what oh, I had man. for a long this time. Oh, I think that's what it's moved up to now. Yeah. My nasal, yeah, not You know, good. this happens, though, when we get the weather changing, back and forth and back and forth. Cause this is the theory, anyway, because I was riding in an elevator. Don't try and make excuses. No, well, you gave this to me. And I am trying to get myself off the hook, no doubt about that. But I was riding in an elevator yesterday with another gentleman who was sniffling. You could tell he had a cold going. And says, oh, it's just the change of the season. When the weather does this, man, it just gets me. It gets me all the time. I said, you know what? I'm going to tell Ben with that. Let's go with that theory that that's the reason why he's sick and I'm not right now. Nope. Because it's gone back and forth. Well, we're going to have a lot to talk about today, that's uh, for sure. And hopefully Ben will be able to talk about some of it as he tries to fight his way through whatever bug he's got right now. Of course, we'll preview the Badgers uh, and their game against Nebraska tonight. Now in the quarterfinals, this afternoon, I should say, the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament as they try to advance... <laughs> You got to say the timing looks good for him because you get Ohio State when their best player is suspended indefinitely. Now he comes back and Ohio State looks a whole lot better. So that helped you uh, get the top four spot by winning the regular season finale and getting the double bye to the quarterfinals. And now you get Nebraska. And of course, every game is tough come tournament time and Nebraska's on a roll. But this will be their third game in three days and they're a depleted team to begin with. They only had like seven bodies yesterday. They could even play any sort of minutes. So if you were going to choose a team to play out of the hat at the beginning, this probably wouldn't have been the choice for Greg Garden Company. Sure, but let's also not forget, Luke even said yesterday, those guys were preparing for who? Maryland, not Nebraska. Sure. So well, this I could think be interesting. A, I mean, at least it's, maybe. A, it's yeah. a common opponent. Right. And it's they a Big play, Ten team, but still. There's a reason they were preparing for Maryland. They're better. They thought they were going to win, too. So, yeah, there's a right, good, there's a that, good and bad. But if you're going to choose. It could be scary, if too. You're go- Stop being so negative. I'm not Luke's being not negative. Here. Let's get on the positive trade. If you were going to choose, is my point, 
this is the team you would choose to yes. play right now. Yes, but I want Badger fans to be realistic about this. Oh, Who God. knows what's going to happen, Rob? Be neg- we never know. You're right. We never know. That's I'm told why they play the game. You play to win the game. Yes, and we should make you aware right off the bat, because we'll talk about plenty of this, besides the fact that we're going to preview the Badgers with our regular stream of Friday guests in hour number two. Brian Pozik, of course, will be in here. Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com at 7.15. Captain America, former Badger Josh Gosser at 7.30. And Matt LaPay, the voice of the Badgers, will join us at 7.45 from Chicago. We'll talk all things Badger and Big Ten basketball related with those gentlemen as well. Maybe a little Brewers baseball as well with Matt since he just got back from sunny and warm Arizona. Lucky him. Yes, lucky him. Where I heard I heard Heller's complaint uh, yesterday. He made a joke of himself about it. But during the ball game at one point yesterday, the spring training game, which the, ba- uh, the Brewers tied the Angels 7-7, they closed the windows to the spring training, you know, media room area. Press box. At the press we, box, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, oh, it's getting cold. Why? Well, it was 60 degrees, oh, which is cold, my. you know, when you're not in the sun in Arizona. I'm thinking, wow. yeah, that's shorts and T-shirt weather, uh-huh. you know, still here. I don't, I don't care what it is. Nobody's got shorts and T-shirts on and I'm, shorts on today. I know, and I'm about to go to Arizona in, uh, not next week, but the, the following week. Uh, so I, I'm looking f- forward to that. But a lot of questions... And one that you should know, if at any point during this broadcast or any broadcast in the next couple of weeks, we have the breaking news for you, you will know first when you hear this song. Reunited and it feels so good. Yes, Reunited Peaches and Herb reuniting just like Jordy Nelson. And Aaron Rodgers? I wish I knew how to quit you. No, they're not going to quit each other. They're going to get the band back together. We got all the guys, Jake and Elwood, they're getting the band back together. <laughs> it's a need, road trip. Do we need to go back through, just like we did yesterday, how your predictions have been lately, Rob? Not very good. That's not true. Very not, good. not very good. Their theme today will be rock and roll love songs all throughout the show, as Jordy Nelson is officially released by the Oakland Raiders meaning he's out there again and could come back to Green Bay. So do you want him back in Green Bay? Should the Packers be thinking of bringing him back to Green Bay? Certainly a question we'll discuss uh, throughout the show today as well. Can anyone stop Christian Yelich? That'll be another question we've got today. He went deep yesterday in the Brewers spring training game, two for two in his only two plate appearances, scored a couple of runs. He looks unstoppable. Looks like he's picking up right where he left off last season. And the other question I have regarding baseball, why Major League Baseball? Why? Just a simple why. Rule changes? Yes. Why? Why? Uh, no organization, no professional sports organization misses the boat more when it comes to doing stuff than Major League Baseball. And I love baseball. But if there's a problem over here, Nobody will be for sure to guarantee to be going over there than Major League Baseball. They go the opposite direction every time with everything that they do. I don't know why it is. And we'll talk about the Major League Baseball changes, those that are coming this season, and some more in 2020 that could definitely impact the Brewers, at least the way they've handled their bullpen and uh, run things and found a way to win their version of Moneyball right now. Well, it'll be impacted by the Major League rules changes. First, though, we're going to get you caught up on what happened last night, starting at the uh, Big Ten Tournament. A couple of uh, games played yesterday afternoon and last night. And Zion is back. The college basketball world can now exhale. But he almost got hurt and sent to the bench 
Again, we'll have that and much more. Thanks for joining us on Lucas in the Morning. Hoping to get to the ah. Yes, thank you, Huey Lewis News. The power of love. Love driving Lucas in the morning here today. Rob will go alongside Gentle Ben. That's right. We're hoping for the return of love to Green Bay. If we can get Jordy Nelson just back. To- oh, no, no, no. False love. Don't scare people. They remember, that is the song to hear. You know the news is coming first. That's our alert that Jordy Nelson will be returning uh, to Green Bay. He was released by the Raiders yesterday, and all the talk, all the buzz is about will Jordy Nelson return to Green Bay. Boy, it really killed the uh, the day in Green Bay yesterday where they introduced their four free agents because now it all became about Jordy Nelson. Let's go cover what else happened yesterday and last night, maybe while you were sleeping in the uh, world of sports. Starting at the Big Ten tournament where yesterday afternoon the Badgers finally got themselves an opponent, and it was a surprising one. It's not Maryland. It's the Cornhuskers. Oh, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Oh, man. How strong do you have to be to finish that off? And especially from the elbow dive. Palmer goes again. A foul and counted. James Palmer Jr. James Palmer Jr. with 24 points to lead the way for Nebraska. They had three players finish in double figures. And then six, 11 points from the rest of the team combined. There were only seven guys that played for Nebraska yesterday in a 69-61 win over Maryland. They built up a big lead over the Terrapins, and they were able to hang on in the second half. They led by 12 at the break. So now Nebraska will play for the third time in three days. This next time against the Badgers this afternoon in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten Tournament in Chicago. And it's... Not only win, lose, win or go home for both teams, but in the case of Nebraska, win or be done probably for Tim Miles and his coaching run at uh, at Nebraska. That's at least the the popular theme, the popular feeling amongst most of those watching. Uh, elsewhere in the uh, the Big Ten tournament yesterday, Minnesota with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gets a win in uh, overtime. Uh, they rallied to come back from a uh, large deficit in the second half, beat Penn State 77-72. The Buckeyes get one of their top players back who missed the game against the uh, Badgers at the end of the regular season due to suspension, and they beat Indiana 79-75 to advance, and Illinois' season comes to an end, falling to Iowa. The fighting Fran McCaffrey's win 83-82. At the Big East Tournament, the end of a slide for Barquette means they're moving on in the Big East. Power try to rock it, gets there, flips it. Oh, Marcus Howard. That's right, Gus. Marcus Howard, Ooh. the Big East Player of the Year. <laughs> Is that a good Gus Johnson? That's pretty spot pretty, on. Pretty lame, thanks. <laughs> uh, Marcus Howard scored 30 points to lead the way as Marquette 
ends its four-game slide and advances to the semifinals of the Big East Tournament for the first time since 2010, where they now get Seton Hall in the Big Apple. They split their pair of meetings with the Pirates uh, this year, Seton Hall winning, winning most recently, the last times these two teams matched up. But Elsewhere, all the college basketball world and maybe every NBA draft scout had its attention focused on the ACC tournament with the return of Zion. Cross court, it's Bayheim in on Reddish. The longer player forced the pass, and now a steal by Zion. And a run out, and a right-handed rack attack that sends this place into a frenzy. Rack attack, attack, yes. So Zion Williamson returns since blowing out his shoe in that game against North Carolina way back when at Cameron Indoor Stadium. 84-73, Duke wins over Syracuse to advance. But the story was Zion, 13 of 13 from the field for 29 points. He was 2 of 9 for the line, but hit every shot from the field. Of course, most of those shots were dunks or coming as short ones in the paint, but shows what a factor and a force he is in college basketball. Whether he ends up being the number 1 pick or not, Zion is certainly the story of the college basketball world. And... I don't know if you saw this because it's funny. Every ESPN highlight, whenever you'd watch the highlights of the game, they didn't show this. But early in the game, one of the Syracuse players tried to trip Zion, running back down the floor, stuck out his foot at the knee. I believe it was the same leg that Zion had previously injured. Yeah. You don't think that they knew that and there's a purpose? That, that's got to be some sort of uh, gamesmanship. That's not gamesmanship. That's the suspension. Ain't trying, Rob. No, that's a suspension uh, coming away. By the way, in the NBA, the Bucks night off, but Toronto a winner uh, without even Kawhi Leonard having to do too much. 25 points is a quiet night probably for him in the NBA. Just shows how good the Bucks and the Raptors are. They can win without their superstars having score 40 points. All right, let's get to some warm thoughts, some warm vibes. Opening day coming soon to a theater near you and a ballpark near you as well. Uh, the Brewers will open the regular season against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, in just two over, weeks away Less than two weeks, yeah. yeah. Two weeks well, it looks like Christian Yelich is ready for the opening day right now. Here's the two-strike pitch, and that one is hit well into right center field. That ball's carrying, and it is gone. Yelich keeps up his hot hitting. A two-run homer, which ties up the ball game at three. And it would remain tied, except at 7-7 is the final score of the Brewers. The Angels, not that anybody really cares about a spring training final score, but Yelich goes two for two. That home run that you just heard. Scores a couple of runs. Moustakas has a good day at the plate. And the other news for the Brewers coming out of Arizona was that about Yulis Chassin, or as Lucas Look, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Yulis uh, Chassin is going to start opening day. Yulis earned the honor from from what he did last year. Um, he deserves it for sure. You feel awesome, man. Um, you know, science. I really, 2017, like I always said, you know, I see this team use... Uh, how how much fun they were, uh, how they're playing the game, and always when I come to this team, they they give me a lot of joy. Last year, just you know, give me a chance to pitch in the playoff, give me a chance to uh, pinch meaningful games in September, and uh, you know all the all the things that we did in you know, our team last year was just awesome, and you know, just it's a privilege and honor for me to to start opening day for for the team that just give me so much, you know, in a year. So, you know, hopefully came back, giving them back and just trying to start off the season on the right foot. Now, the the optimist in you would say, of course, they're starting Yolisi. What a great season he had last year. Uh, pitched well in the playoffs. Makes makes total sense. The pessimist, which is I know you and Dr. J would sit there no. and say, well, who else do they have right now? They don't have any clear-cut starter in the rotation 
uh, with Jimmy Nelson still on his road to recovery and everybody else vying for a spot in the rotation right now. There's nobody else that you were, you're wondering who's starting game two and three at this point. Well, well, Council basically said that too in that clip. I cut it out, but he said, I have no idea who our best pitcher is right now. Who knows? This is all based off of what he did last year. Sure. Zach you know? Davies and, and Chase Anderson trying to work themselves back into the rotation after what they went through uh, last season, each one of them. So there is no clear-cut number two at this point, and right now Chassin will get the ball for game one, like you said, Thursday, a couple of weeks away now, when they'll host the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, in Green Bay, they were starting a celebration at first, and then the news turned into something else. But let's start with the good news as they introduced their four free agent signings. And Brian Gutekunst, the uh, Packers GM, talked about the hope, the optimism, maybe the, the wave of good vibes coming back to Titletown. We're kind of locked in there. I think we're kind of shielded from some of what's of that. We certainly were excited inside that room, you know, um, a lot of late nights. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think so. I think it's helpful. But at the end of the day, it's what you do on the field. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of hope right now, and we're really excited about adding these guys to our, our, to our team. We think it makes us better. But uh, we got a long way to go before we get to training camp. A long way to go indeed. They've still got a draft to conduct and maybe some more wheeling and dealing to do because it was only a short time later that the news came out that the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders, were letting go of Jordy Nelson. And of course, that cranked up everybody's machine about a Jordy return to Green Bay or at least the possibility of such. Adam Schefter talked about the news of Jordy Nelson's release. To Adam's point about going back to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers was clearly perturbed when the whole thing happened in the first place. So you have to yeah. wonder if perhaps there's an opportunity to go back. We'll I, I think the first question you have to answer is, does he want to play again? But if you look right. at the last five games of last season, he was one of the top three wide receivers in terms of productivity in the NFL. So if he was that productive at the end of the year, you would think that he'd want to play. No, no, Ben. No, Ben. Stop it. That is our sounder, our alert song, should Jordy Nelson officially sign and return to Green Bay and be alongside his football brother in arms, Aaron Rodgers. So listen for Peaches and Urban, you'll know. Hour number two will be joined by our cast of characters on Friday that we usually have. Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. Josh Gosser, Josh Gosser, Captain America. Former Badger will preview the Badgers and the Cornhuskers, as will the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay. We'll talk a little Brewers with him as well as he just got back from Maryville, Arizona, and watching the Brewers and getting ready for the season. But we'll talk a little more about the Packers and Jordy Nelson, talk a little bit more about Major League Baseball as well and the new rules that have come in, and uh, get you set for the Badgers tip-off down in Chicago. This is Lucas in the Morning. Great feeling. Uh, to tell you the truth, man, uh, when I was at the airport, uh, they showed a lot of love. Getting on the flight here, they actually got on the intercom and uh, said we got a special guest, and uh, everybody started clapping. So that was good. And that, that's the one thing I like about the fan base here, man. Everybody's a cheese here. Z, as he's going by, Darius Smith. 
Packers' new free agent acquisition, one of four that met the media yesterday in uh, Green Bay along with GM Brian Gutekunst, Rob Vogel, back in on Lucas in the Morning alongside Gentle Ben. Lucas, of course, in Chicago getting ready for the Badgers and the Nebraska Cornhuskers this afternoon. Tip time about 2 o'clock in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten Tournament. We'll have plenty of previewing that game coming your way in hour number two. But we're going to return to some football talk and what happened in Green Bay uh, yesterday when they, they met the media. And you talk, you heard about Smith there talking about the uh, the welcome on the flight. Well, there was someone else that was grinning from ear to ear that was really happy to hear the news that he was going to be joining the Green Bay Packers. And that was his mom. And that, that that's always the first call you've got to make, the most important call you've got to make. Mom, I've got a new job. Mom, I'm going somewhere else. Mom, I'm making a life's decision. Whatever it is, and it's no different. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're an NFL player and uh, Smith's mother's reaction uh, was, you could say, pretty excited. Man, when I first got the phone call, uh, I was starstruck, but I told my mom, I'm going to tell you a quick story. When I got the phone call, I actually drove into Alabama from Baltimore, 14 hours, and uh, sat down at my mom's job. I was like, Ma, you ready to quit working? And one thing she did was say, my bag is already packed. So, <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty cool to do that, man. That is, that is pretty cool. That's a pretty f- cool phone call. And it kind of was a family was a bit of a theme yesterday for these uh, new Packer acquisitions. Uh, Billy Turner, the offensive lineman uh, that the Packers uh, acquired, he's got family in his blood, or Packer family is in his blood, uh, his father having played for the Packers uh, briefly, but he's also been on the other side of one of their border battle rivalries growing up in Minnesota, and Turner talked about joining the Green and Gold and what his impressions of this organization were before he came to Green Bay. My dad played here, you know, for a short time back in the 80s. But growing up in Minnesota, you know, I always watched the the Packer-Viking rivalry, you know, staying up late on school nights when it was Monday night football, Sunday night football, watching these great games with all these legends and whatnot. So it is a surreal moment, but, you know, at the same time, I'm ready to be here and to have my own impact. Packers certainly could use some impact on the offensive line, that's for sure. So they're uh, looking forward to that. So that that's going to be a fun uh, little nugget for him and getting a chance to play where his father did and having watched this rivalry. For Adrian Amos, this rivalry comes on a different, the other border, the other side, having come over from the Chicago Bears where he was going up against and having to plan to try to stop or control Aaron Rodgers. Now he's a teammate of his, albeit he's on the defense, so it's not like Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing up passes, but then I'll be working together for the same common goal and trying to bring victories. And he talked about switching sides from the Bears to the Packers. Yeah, I mean, it's always difficult to leave the team that you've been with the past four years, uh, the team that drafted me. But um, at the same time, you know, the NFL is a business and everybody's looking out for their best interest. And the Packers felt like it was in their best interest to get me here and they valued me. And, you know, I'm thankful for my time in Chicago um, and I'm just looking forward to, you know, being a Packer. So he's excited. Turner's excited. Smith's excited. The other Smith is also excited, not to be outdone, uh, Preston Smith who's played against the Packers in the playoffs. He's now coming into Green Bay, 
and trying to help the cause as well. And that cause is being trying to get back to the postseason, something he has the itch to do, but now as a Packer. Uh, you know, in the, in the decision making, you want to make sure you get it. You know, as close. You want to, you know, have a fighting chance, get to the playoffs. And I felt like I want to be a part of something great. And I had a fighting chance. I have a fighting chance here to get to the playoffs in the Super Bowl. So you know, that's what you know factoring into the decision making. So there's the new guys, and we've heard from Brian Gutekunst. Excited first before that, we talk about Jordy Nelson and that issue. You know, will he return to Green Bay? Don't touch the peaches and herb music. All just right, yet. Thank all you. Right, all right. When you hear these guys talking, and now they're in Green Bay, and now it's all official out in the open, uh, what does it do for your excitement level about the acquisitions? And you've had a couple of days to digest what everybody else's analysis and breakdown is of these additions for the Packers. I want to see this defense. I can't wait till training camp. The guys get together. Get I mean, for so for the guys that are in house year two, uh, Petten scheme. Mm-hmm. I want to see these edge rushers. I want to see. I mean, also I guess I still have questions. Who's going to play safety along with Amos? You know, right? Is could is Eric Berry still a possibility? What what still lies ahead for this team? But I'm excited right now. It's funny in hearing, uh, you know, Charles Woodson even chimed in via Twitter, and a number of current or former Packers players and those that cover the team did as well. And and the the, the common theme was about Brian Gutekunst being aggressive, aggressive right. GM. Where did this come from? It's never been done before, or not recently anyway, in Green Bay, with bringing in all these free agents. And I just wonder, is it that he's being aggressive or is it that he has to do this because the drafts haven't been very good the last few years and there's holes to fill? It's not like he had a team that was complete and he's going out and trying to bring in the couple final pieces. They had some massive holes that need some fixing. They did, but let's also not forget, he was here for those drafts. Yes. It's not like he's a guy that just came in off the street from somewhere else. So No. I mean, he plays a hand in that, too. I mean, he didn't have the final say, but still. Right. We ne- we never, we'll never know how much he his input was taken on in these things or how much his decision, how much was Ted Thompson, who obviously had the final call uh, and was a successful GM in his own right and had a lot of great drafts. But towards the end there, there were some that were not good. It's, it's also interesting in that I had a converse, one of those social media conversation rabbit holes I went down oh, yesterday boy. with somebody else because – the the topic was posed and just put out there on social media and um for me it's sort of the the skip bayless um Colin Cowherd low hanging fruit angle anything happens to, pro or con to the cavaliers or now the lakers it's how does this affect lebron what does this mean about lebron you know it's the if the team wins lebron is great if the team loses the rest of the team sucks right right and with the question was put out there before the jordy nelson news was okay now that the Packers have officially signed these defensive guys. How does this make you feel about Aaron Rodgers? I'm like, well, in my mind when I read that, I was like, doesn't make me feel any different about it. Aaron Rodgers the day before. None of these guys play offense. Right. Uh, it doesn't change the. It's like asking, how do they make me feel about Brian Balaga? Well, these guys have no impact on Brian Balaga. You know, it's, it just makes the team better. Right. Sure. Hopefully, it makes the team better anyway. But it doesn't have that sort of impact. Not everything. It's like the clickbait. Aaron Rodgers is the clickbait. Just right. using him and tying it to him. However, a little bit later in the day, news would come out that would suddenly make me wonder how Aaron Rodgers feels and does all that. No, 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 not yet, not yet. I know you got your hand on the button. You're ready to go at any moment. We could find out news about Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson released by the Oakland Raiders, which was surprising because uh, he had had a great end to his season, had been given some extra money by the Raiders, and even though they brought in Antonio Brown, you thought they needed somebody else to pair him with, and that guy was going to be Jordy Nelson, but apparently not. So they've gone from go-for-it-now mode to rebuild mode to going back for it all again now with 
Antonio Brown. So Nelson is out there, and while others have mentioned the New Orleans Saints as a possible destination or landing spot for him, what do you think the chances are, should the Packers try to get Jordy Nelson back again? No. And why would you say no to that? That ship has sailed. Let's not go back down that road where Aaron Rodgers gets his feelings hurt, right. et cetera, et cetera. The fan base gets riled up. That's just... It's over. Well, we know this. It's not a money issue, right? Because all the reports and stories are that basically Jordy Nelson was ready to fall on the sword and take almost next to nothing to stay in Green Bay. It was his agent and others who said, you you can't do this. You can't play for basically minimum wage given who you are and what that'll mean for everybody else's contract structure and where they fall. And so finally he said, I got to take the extra millions and go to Oakland. Right. So it's not a money thing. They could use a slot receiver if Randall Cobb leaves. They could put him in there. You want to replace Randall Cobb with Jordy Nelson? I'm just saying That's for a, a loss. Year. That's is a it? loss. Is it really? Yes, it is a loss. Really? Jordy had better numbers at the end of the year than oh, Randall, didn't he? I'm just saying loss. that's a possibility you could say. And we know, are you concerned then, given your stance, are you concerned in any way, shape, or form that by saying no and refusing to even entertain the thought, really, that the quarterback will get upset? No, he needs to grow up. <laughs> I think we've established you're in that yes. camp when it comes to yes. number 12. You're in the shut up and play. You're in the shut up and dribble category oh, when it comes oh, to Aaron oh, Rodgers, right? Just play ball and quit oh, your whining. and I'm trying to be GM. Put those words in my mouth. Well, we'll keep our eyes out and our ears open. Or is it our eyes open and our ears out? I don't know which Sounds one. Sounds good. Two. Yeah, we'll keep out. We'll give you word right away when the news of Jordy Nelson returning to Green Bay does or does not happen. Major League Baseball is making some changes this year and next year. How will that impact the Brewers? And are they dumb moves and missing the whole point of the problem anyway? We'll discuss that and get you ready for the Badgers and the Cornhuskers next in Lucas in the Morning. September probably and the schedule a little bit we talked about earlier probably to our but to our to what we thought was an advantage um, and it was a little bit of a lot of this is personnel you know I think sometimes you got to who is my who are who's on my team what are they good at um, what is the strength of my what is the strength of our team um, we had a lot of depth in our pitching last year um, it allowed us to you know in, in September use our pitching a little differently um, so there's still, um, you know, different ways to look at these things and, and adding a player to the roster is, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the significant thing that's happening in my opinion. And that's, that's pretty, that's very significant. Brewers manager, Craig council in Arizona talking about the rules changes that major league baseball is implementing some this year and some next year. And most notably among them would be the three batter minimum for pitchers coming in in relief. Now, it's three batters minimum or the end of the inning. So if you come in and get the final out of the inning, it could be just one batter, but only in that case. Uh, a number of changes and feel differently about some of these. And the biggest overall thing is I feel like they missed the big, the issues that they could solve that everybody agrees need solving. Like, how about playing by the same rules in both leagues? 
either have a DH in both leagues or have the pitcher hit in both leagues. But that one seems to be the ultimate no-brainer, and I don't know why it takes decade after decade to get that one fixed, and yet we try to find other ways to help speed up the game. That's what this is all about, is they want at least the pace of play, whether it's the time of game is actually shortened, but more action, more movement. Let's keep it going here. I was reading an interesting article this morning, Ben, about uh, an example of a White Sox-Angels game. And this was kind of the the poster child game for this sort of issue about the three batter minimum for pitchers. And it talked about uh, pitcher came in to start the inning and he he um, he walked Albert Pujols, I believe it was. So manager comes out, makes a pitching change. That pitcher gets an outer batter to another pitching change. Then there's a long delay as to making the next pitching change because batter has to get announced. Manager's going to come out and make a counter move. That manager's going to make a counter move with the batter, and it goes on and on. And the total time of the inning was like 17-plus minutes, and of actual action happening during the game was about six minutes. You had six-plus minutes of TV commercials in there and working on So I get that a lot of that downtime, it would be great if you could eliminate some of that somehow. You know, but it seems like there are other ways, whether it's, you know, the pitch clock helping speed things up, whether it is... You know, a pitcher's out in the bullpen warming up. Does he need to come out to the mound and warm up for five minutes? How about he gets two pitches, three pitches, whatever, and let's get on with our lives. He's already warmed up his arm out in the bullpen. Once he gets to the mound, let's play ball. I mean, they have that in Little League, for heaven's sake, where you only get a couple pitches, and let's go. It seems like there are other ways to possibly uh, speed it up. But that's the biggest rule issue. Do you have any problem with any of these rules uh, wish they would have done something else. What does it strike you when you hear about the rules changes being put in place? Well, that changes the game, right? Yeah. Doesn't it your opinion about how you've how you grew up watching playing the game? Absolutely. And like, like we Council was just saying there, they utilize those rules to their advantage. Doesn't mean they can't adapt, but they certainly built a bullpen. Right. There you could do matchups and move guys in and outs and have an opener and do all those sorts of things. I'm surprised this isn't a larger issue with how much people Especially Heller, for example, just regard baseball as just like the almighty sport. Mm-hmm. And now people are trying to change the rules. So I'm, you know what I'm saying? And it's basically baseball doing it to themselves, too. The funny thing about the point in, the, in this article, too, where it brought up that one example and said, yes, this is just one example. But it had a graph and showed the stats of the number of uh, batters faced by relief pitchers and how that has drastically gone down. And the number of pitchers used per game has drastically gone up, even in just the last, say, five to ten years. And how that was, that these changes, while they're changes, it's not so much that they're advancing the game to a brand new game. In some sense, you could say these changes, like this one anyway, would be taking the game backwards to what it was, where you're seeing pitchers in the game longer, less changes, um, and more hopefully play and movement in the game, whether you agree with that or not. That's the theory, anyway, put out there. The other one seems to, you know, don't seem to be that big a deal and seem to be like, fine, you want to have $1 million for the home run derby? Great. Hopefully that brings out more guys. We'll right. see. Maybe, maybe shorten the home run derby so it's not a four hour marathon and more guys might do that. Find a way to do that. Um, you want to have all star voting just be on one day to make it special? Okay, fine. It kind of loses something for me. I used to go to the ballpark for a month or two if you had a home run, uh, right. you know, a home game, and you could punch the cards. Take and do your the keys. Yeah, well, there. Yeah. I know most people do it online now, but fine. You want to do it that way. You want to change the trade deadline to just the end of July and not have that other one that were the waiver trade deadline in, in August. August? Yeah. Okay, it loses a little something for me. As you well know, no Gio Gonzalez that meant for the Brewers last year. Yep. But you want to change that? Okay, but this one is just such a fundamental change to... 
you know, how teams are now playing the game of baseball. It just seems like there are other ways uh, to speed up the game. One good nugget for you, too. One Brewer-related good nugget. Saw the list of one, best 100 players in baseball. Who's you think the highest-ranked Brewer? Yelich. Of course. And where would you put him? How, how high, if you just had to throw out a number, obviously it's 0 through 100, but he's going to be pretty high. Nine. Really good guess. Number seven, Christian wow. Yelich checks in and after one MVP season. And Josh Hader checks in at number 33. Oh. And they expect him to not have a drop-off this year. That was a prediction, which would be huge for the Badgers, right. especially if Jeffress right. is having issues. Brian Posick going to join us in hour number two, as will Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com and former Badger Captain America, Josh Gosser, and the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay. Stay with us on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. Here's Uncle Lukey. No Uncle Lukey, but we'll stick with birthdays, dead or alive, a day after National Pie Day, which apparently none of us took part in. It's National Pie 314 Day. That's why some of our favorite places. Brett Michaels celebrating a birthday today. Maybe we can get him some pie. 56 years old today. I think today. he's had plenty of pie in his day. You think so? Yeah. You think he's enjoyed it a little bit of it? There's a theme to uh, our birthdays today with Brett Michaels and a number of others. See if you can pick up how many of these people share something in common. I'll reveal that a bit later. Fabio uh, turning 60 today. I know many people have compared you to Fabio. Oh, You look day. a lot like him. Every day. Yes. Uh, many people have compared my wit and wisdom to that of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme <laughs> Court Justice, turning 86 today. A lot of music to get to. A lot of music to get to today. This date in 1968, Life magazine called Jimi Hendrix the most spectacular guitarist in the world. You being our classic rock and roll expert in the studio on these morning shifts. Where would you rank him in your guitarist's top 100? Where is he? Oh, man. Is he numero uno, as Life Magazine said? Yes. Who's your guy? Who's your go-to favorite guitarist? To well, Eddie to Van Halen, in my opinion, is amazing. Sure. God. Clapton. God. Clapton. Um, uh, I don't know. I almost said Richie Sambora, but not Sambora, right? Um, no, he's with Bon Jovi. Yeah, but who's the guy I'm thinking of that, that passed away? With Cla- when he was with Clapton, wasn't he uh, down in Alpine Valley? The helicopter oh, crash? Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan, thank you very yes. much. He's another one that you got to put on that list. Yeah. The short list, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Mark McGrath, who was a uh, better known as Sugar Ray, Sugar turns Ray. 51 today. Uh, Jabari Parker, the Chicago Bull, former Milwaukee Buck. How old would you guess Jabari is? It seems like he's lived a lifetime already. 23. 24 years old. Good guess by you. But he's on his way out the door. Chicago as well. That homecoming was uh, short-lived. Some more musical birthdays. Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas turning 44 today. Won a bunch of Grammys alongside Fergie and the rest of the group. Let's get it started in 2005. One of their uh, best-known pop songs. Uh, religious leader St. Nicholas no longer with us. Now, why is St. Nicholas important, though? I don't he was know. Born, he, he, he would be 200 and, He was born in the year 270. Okay. <laughs> so, well, he, of course, is the inspiration for Santa Claus. Oh, okay. I, got I hope all young ears are not okay. listening right at this moment. But the other thing is interesting about St. Nicholas. Why should he be special in Wisconsin? He uh, He's the patron saint of things like children, students, uh, but also of Brewery and pawn shop owners. 
and thieves who regret their crimes. That is St. Nicholas. He's got a lot to him. Uh, Andrew Jackson, our seventh president, born on this date in seven, uh, way, way back when. But uh, a question for you. He was born in 1767. He was the seventh president, but the first to do something in the state of Kentucky. What was it? First ever. No idea. Gain a divorce. The oh. first ever in the uh, state of uh, Kentucky to get a divorce. Yeah, he's uh, he was quite a character. He was. Uh, old, Hick- old Hickory, old yes. Hickory, yeah. Blink-182 is Mark Hoppus turns 47 on this date. Wide receiver Eric Decker turns 32. I think his wife has become more famous than he has these days. And uh, we're not going to get... Oh, you're giving me the rap. We won't get to D. Snyder. Yes, there we go. He of Twisted Sister fame. One of the best heavy metal vocalists. Oh, come no, on. no, no. Come on. No, he's he? good, not one of the best. He was ranked number 83 on Hit Parade's 2006 list of the top 100 metal vocalists of all time. So I just wanted to see where he ranked on your list. <laughs> not not that high. Our number two, Brian Posick, Andy Baggett, Captain America, Josh Gosser, and Matt LaPay getting you ready for the Badgers and the Cornhuskers this afternoon at the Big Ten Tournament. This is Lucas in the Morning. This is our life. This is our song. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. You can stop the booing already. He's not here. He can't hear you. He's in Chicago, for goodness sake. Mike Lucas in Chicago getting ready for the Badgers and Nebraska Cornhuskers this afternoon. Tip time about 2 o'clock in the Big Ten Tournament quarterfinal action. Rob Vogel alongside Gentle Ben and joined now by Brian Posick. Brian's appearance here on the show brought to you by Ionis Promotions with the program to enhance your game, your skills, and your potential on Ice Promotions. Good morning, Brian. Hi. How you doing? Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, What's great, going on? Great. Oh, just loving the day, loving the weekend. Lots of... Basketball and hockey to watch. Well, speaking of basketball, one we haven't talked about, and I heard you doing doing and mentioning during the update uh, that was interesting, State Boys State High School Basketball Tournament. We had Travis yep. Wilson on yesterday yeah, to preview yeah. it. The Glarner Knights, one of the best nicknames yeah, in man. high school sports for sure. Yep. New Glarus making its first trip to state in forever. 1932. They win, and they'll now play for the championship yeah. after knocking off undefeated Ron Colley. That, yeah. That's what's great about high school sports. Yeah, the defending champs. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was kind of cool to, to watch that game last night and just see the, the youthful enthusiasm 
of uh, the kids and the fans. And, um, yeah, so they'll play tomorrow at 1245 for the uh, Division Four State Championship. Kind of fun. A lot of stuff happening yesterday and will again today. As we mentioned, the, the Badgers will play uh, Nebraska and yeah. Big Ten play. Uh, first, your thought on that, about the fact that they're getting the Cornhuskers. I told uh, Ben in hour number one, Yes, they're hot and they've won two straight games. But yeah. if the Badgers had had a chance before the tournament started to pick a team's name out of the hat, don't you think it would have been Nebraska because they would have had to win two games? They're yeah. already depleted. They would have loved that matchup more than anything. Yeah. They've got eight players. They've played seven. Only six are on scholarship. But they're they're playing well. And, and at tournament time, things like this happen. I mean, look at uh, Loyola Chicago last year. Who would right. have thought that that would have happened, that they get all the way to the Final Four? So... Nebraska's playing for a spot in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they got, they've got absolutely nothing to lose. Wisconsin, what, 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 will, it, what will it lose? You know, maybe a, a seed, right? Yeah, maybe one spot in an NCAA right? tournament so, seed at best, um, yeah. But no, I, I would agree when you look at the bracket and who would you rather play. Rutgers is a team that can be difficult to handle, but Nebraska did. Maryland's a team that can be difficult to handle. Badger split with them, but Nebraska did, so... Uh, yeah, no, just throw the ball out there, see how it goes. Some, forward to it. A couple other quick hitter items for you. Uh, your thoughts on the Major League Baseball rules changes, some that'll be this year, yeah. some that'll be next year, whether it's the three-pitcher or the pitcher three-batter minimum, right. uh, all-star voting, trade deadline, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, any of those strike you as great, bad ideas, yeah, or somewhere in between? I mean, between? The, the pitching thing, we've see, we see so many pitching changes these days where a guy will come in and face one batter and they, they move it around, you know, they, they make a change real quick. I, I, I think that this is a good idea. Craig Council apparently yesterday uh, said that they won't talk about it a lot with their team. They're not going to make a big deal out of it. But, you know, especially in the National League, you know, he's going to have to know how to manage the circumstances. He did a pretty good job of it last year, so now this changes things quite a bit. The trade deadline, council complained that that's going to hurt um, small market teams more than anybody else because if if they fail to acquire somebody by July 31st and they're in the hunt, you know, what mm-hmm. What can they, you know, what more can they do? What more can they add if they're trying to make a push for the playoffs or if they're in a uh, a rebuilding mode or a seller's mode, you know, and, and you don't find out you're a seller until, you know, late August, right? Mm-hmm. Because you might be in the thick of it in one month, one week and change things in Major League Baseball. So um, I, I guess I'm, I'm fine with, with both changes. I'm, I guess, you know. I don't know if I have an opinion either way. It's just interesting to see how he's going to handle his pitching staff and see how David Stearns is going to handle uh, the new trade deadline. I said to I said to Ben that it's like there's a problem over here with Major League Baseball. Yeah. They're sure to run the other direction and try to fix something over there. Yeah. Like how about playing under the same set of rules? DH, no right. DH, whatever yeah. me. And lastly, as we play, yeah. the band plays you off the stage. Jordy Nelson coming back to Green Bay or not? Yay uh, or nay? If if they can uh, sign him to a uh, a team friendly contract, sure, bring him back. Why not? As you're walking around the studio and the offices today, yeah. if at any point you hear Peaches and Herb reunited, played out of this studio, <laughs> the news has broken and Jordy okay. has officially right. signed and I'd coming like back. To see, I know a lot of people would love to see it, including the quarterback. <laughs> and I'm finding out on Twitter, yeah. there's a lot that don't so, yeah, either no, say, true. let's move on with our true. lives already. Yeah, Nothing yeah. to see here, folks. Well, I guess we have to wait and see. Will they move on from Randall Cobb, right? Will they yeah. move on from Clay Matthews? Those two decisions need to be made first, you think. We'll ask some of these questions, discuss that, and much more with Andy Baggett from uwbadgers.com. He joins us next on Lucas in the Morning.
throws a lot harder. And there's one that's lifted in the air and hit well out into left center field. And that ball is gone. Mike Lustakis has hit his second home run this spring for the Milwaukee Brewers. Mike Moustakis going deep yesterday for the Brewers and their tie with the Angels. Rob will go back in on Lucas in the morning. Luke in Chicago getting ready for the Badgers and Cornhuskers this afternoon in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament play. Joining us now, as he does each and every Friday at this time, is Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Good. I'm all right. How about you? Not not too bad. We were We were talking about the Badgers game and their matchup this afternoon and saying that uh, yes, every team that gets to the quarterfinals, especially in this case for Nebraska, where they've had to win two games, you have to consider them as a threat. They're on a roll. They've got some momentum winning two games. But if the Badgers had gone back at the beginning of this tournament and got to pick a name out of the hat of their options, Nebraska probably would have been pretty high on that list, if not number one, given the fact that they're depleted and would have had already played two games to get to this point, don't you think? You would think that would be the case. And, and I still think that uh, you had, if it's, I would think the Badgers like their chances. You don't care who you're playing at this point in time because everybody's a threat and everybody's a challenge. But you're talking about a team that's played two very emotional games, done so with a with a shortened bench, uh, done so in some pretty dramatic ways. And, and the only way they're going to get into the tournament, the NCAA tournament, is by all measure is to, is to win the championship. And I think you have to kind of... Uh, manage your emotions because uh, it, I, the way Nebraska's played, it, all it takes is a is a good defensive effort. That's that's what it's going to come down to for Wisconsin. I think that that's a uh, you you negate enthusiasm, you negate uh, uh, momentum by shutting a team down, and that's what Wisconsin's been doing quite a, a good job of lately. And that's I think going to be the driving force to, to winning the, the game today. We played at the top there. Mike Moustakas hitting a home run for the Brewers in, in spring training action. And uh, I was reading some stuff on uh, projected players and where they rank the top 100. And, and Christian Yelich, who's obviously coming off that MVP season, currently ranked on this list on ESPN.com as the seventh best player in Major League Baseball with Josh Hader, the Brewers reliever, coming in at number 33. And it was interesting reading through them and their, their thoughts about them and then projections for them. For this season, I guess I ask you: Do you expect there be any sort of regression or drop off for one, either, both uh, going into this year, which is natural in baseball when a guy comes off of a career year? Well, I, I don't. I think I'm not sure if there's a uh, if you could predict regressions. I mean, everybody's got a got a uh, an idea of what's going to happen and 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 a hope for what's going to happen. But I think given uh, I think Josh Hader, once once teams uh, look at what you can do and and uh, and uh, have a chance to break down what your tendencies are and that type of thing, my sense would be that if there is someone among those two that's going to take a step back or, or have more challenges this year, it's going to be Hader. Uh, but at the same time, um, who's to say he's not going to be better? I mean, I, I think that he's he's got a better sense of what he could do. He's no doubt added to his, uh, his, uh, pitching arsenal. And, and I think that, uh, I'm one of those people that thinks it, it, it'd be fun to see what, what, if he could, if he can move the needle a little further up and uh, same with Moustakis because see the comfort element of, of him being in the lineup of being in Milwaukee, I think it's a great environment for him. It's a great fit for him. And, and, uh, 
playing, even though he's played second base, uh, position that uh, would seem that he's he's not the best fit for. I think uh, he's uh, the idea that he could be getting comfortable with it in, in spring training and getting ready for it to play a full season in it. I think uh, bodes well for both guys. It's interesting in the article too to kind of support what you're saying there. Some of the uh, the stats sources that they use here support the theory that not only will they continue to have great seasons again this year, but maybe even be better for Yelich. He was just one of four players Fangraphs projects to both score and drive in a hundred runs this season, as he did last year. He went from being ranked number forty one up to seven this year. And Josh Hader, who was unranked a year ago and is now number thirty three, Zips projects Hader to lead the major leagues in strikeouts per nine innings with no drop off from last year. In fact, slight improvement in the numbers, but Hader, not this season, but next season, could be facing a different challenge, as will most Major League Baseball relief pitchers in some of the rules that are being implemented, at least the one for next year uh, that Major League Baseball is going to put in, is a three-batter minimum, or at least until the end of the inning, for a relief pitcher. Love it? Hate it? Not sure about it? Where do you fall on this one? Seems kind of forced. Uh, I When I first read it, I went, no way, that's crazy. Uh, the more I think about it, the more it's intriguing. But at the same time, I, baseball is trying is is uh, you, you almost think like they're throwing uh, Dixie or uh, styrofoam cups in the air, hoping you're going to have one land on its on its on its top, because they're they're just I think they're shooting they're they're trying to find things that that might change that might enhance that might get more people interested. That, I mean, that's the f- bottom line. They're trying to get more people interested by changing the fundamental nature of the game. And I, and my, the, the person in me that, uh, that thinks there shouldn't be a DH, the person in me that cringes with some of the, with some of the shot or pitch clock uh, type stuff, I guess you could call the traditionalist element to me. I don't like it, but at the same time, uh, it, it does intrigue because I'd like to see some of the more uh, what strategies are going to be employed to, to use it and, and how it's going to uh, pan out. So it does intrigue me, but I would prefer that it not be part of Major League Baseball. Wasn't shocking news yesterday when uh, Craig Council of the Brewers announced that Yolis Chassin would be the starter for opening day against the Cardinals in a couple of weeks. Uh, I guess the bigger question is, who's going to go game number two and get the ball to start it? At this point, they don't seem committed to anybody, and we know that Jimmy Nelson's still on the road to recovery and getting back to to full strength and being ready to go. Who at this point would you say is the leader in the clubhouse to be number two or number three in that rotation for the Brewers? Well, what's what's funny is that Craig Council almost he he looks at you with this with this nutty look on his face when you ask him who the opening day starter is, who the starting pitcher is. He's done. He's done more than anybody that I've come across in, in, when it comes to negating the enthusiasm for who your pitching, st- who your starting pitcher is, because that's not how he rolls. That's not how he looks at his staff. He looks at it as uh, he's going to be the first person to get out. And, and I think that uh, uh, who, for all we know, it could be Josh Hader. I mean, it, that, that would throw that would throw a lot of wrenches into a lot of people's <laughs> ideas of what goes on. Um, I, I, I don't know who he's going to go with, and I don't think he cares. Well, he cares, but I don't think it's a, it's the designation that he, that uh, so many people put, uh, put stock into because to him, it's, it's a staff of guys that are, that are just going to get uh, the ball when he thinks they should get the ball and starter, whether you're coming in in the first inning or the third inning or the ninth inning, uh, it, it really doesn't matter to him. And, and so uh, it, 
to me, it's become a, a anticlimactic who's who the starting pitcher is for the Brewers. I have to ask you one Packers question because of the news yesterday out of uh, Title Town. They were first announcing and having a press conference with all the new free agents that they had just signed and, and brought in, four of them there by Brian Gutekunst, the Packers general manager. But then the story quickly shifted when news came out about the uh, Oakland Raiders releasing Jordy Nelson, of course, the former Packers receiver, who wouldn't take the very low offer, apparently, that the Packers made to try to keep him a year ago, if you could say that was an attempt to actually keep him. And immediately all Packer Nation started discussing and debating whether Jordy Nelson should be brought back or an offer should be made to try to bring him back to Green Bay and reunite him with Aaron Rodgers. Do you think that's something the Packers should uh, kick the tires on and try to do at this point? Or do you think that even for a, a GM, uh, a Brian Gutekunst, who hasn't been one for very long, that you kind of have to say, listen, we tried it once. I-, I have to stick with the game plan I've got now. I can't go back on the decision I made a year ago. Well, if the game plan is such that uh, every game plan should be subject to adjustment, and, and if he looks at Jordy Nelson and, and thinks that the, what his body of work was a year ago compared to what he was with the Packers, if there's if he can help this team, I think he should because it, to me it's a uh, if nothing else, there's some goodwill that could be added there for a team that uh, that struggled a year ago, did make the playoffs a year ago. Um, it certainly couldn't hurt to at least. Uh, measure if uh, if he could help this team, and if he can, give it a shot. I mean, I, I I don't think the market is real huge for Jordy Nelson out there right now, and there's one team that would really like him, and if the, the price is right, I would take a shot at it. Certainly would bring a big smile to the quarterback's face. There's no doubt uh, about that. Andy, we always appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. You too, Rob. Enjoy your day. Thanks, Andy. Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. Coming up next, Captain America, Josh Gosser, the former Badger, will break down the Badgers and the Cornhuskers at the Big Ten Tournament in Chicago next on Lucas in the Morning. league has prepared us for you know those type of situations and as long as you're taking steps forward and learning every time and trying to get better and it's not only the late games it's the seven minutes at ohio state how every possession matters that the voice of badgers head coach greg guard his badgers will take on nebraska this afternoon tip time about two o'clock in chicago at the united center in the quarterfinals of the big 10 tournament and of course that music means joining us now is Captain America, former Badger Josh Gosser. Good morning, Josh. How are you doing? Oh, there we go. Oh, now wow. we got, good, morning. Oh, good morning, Josh. Good morning. Well, first let me ask you, I just mentioned that they're playing in Chicago. Chicago. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or Indy? Better Big Ten tournament <laughs> site. Which one did you like more? Well, as a player, you know, I think Chicago was was better. Uh, talking to my family, they loved Indiana, Indianapolis way better because everything was in one area with bars and restaurants <laughs> and gym. And Chicago's a little more spread out, so it's harder to get to the stadium and get to get to the fun stuff before and after. So 
But I, I had some good memories as a player in Chicago, obviously winning winning the championship there. So that that'd be my choice. I'm sure, and probably one of the only positives, at least, or at least one of the positives that Badger fans would say about Chicago would be it's a shorter commute, at least, a much shorter drive to get back and right, forth to right. see the games. But you're right, India is great because you can walk to uh, anything and everything there. Uh, we heard Greg Gard there talking about lessons learned. How much do you think a team like this Badger team can take from what happened at Ohio State, especially in that second half? They played so well uh, for a period of time and had the huge lead, and then watch it quickly slip away over the last 7 to 13 minutes of the of the second half. What sort of lessons can a team take like that into the Big Ten tournament? Well, yeah, I tell you what. I mean, it, going into tournament time is not a better time to have that kind of scenario happen to you. And obviously to still get a win out of it. Is is huge because if that that could easily happen in the tournament, everyone's you know playing for their lives and is going to give everything they got, no matter what the score is, how much time's left, because that's your season right there. So we'd much rather have that happen, obviously, in the regular season than in the tournament, and to still get a win out of it is pretty big. But I think it's just a lesson learned that we got to play a full forty minutes this time of the year because teams are better now than they were in November. Teams are again seniors are fighting for the last game ever. And, you know, some coaches fighting for their jobs. So people are going to be giving it everything they got. There's no there's no bad team at this time of the year. So good lesson to be learned. Obviously, you know, today's game against Nebraska is just that. You know, they're, they're not as good as some of the other teams, but they're going to be playing really well this time of the year. And you just got to be ready for it. Well, they've certainly got some momentum. And you had the good fortune when you played three games in three days at the Big Ten Tournament. It meant you were playing in the championship game. For Nebraska, right. they're playing three games in three days, and this is just the quarterfinal still yet. Well, can you <laughs> can you talk about what it was like when you were playing in that third game of the day? How did you feel physically and mentally in that grind and something that Nebraska will be going through today? Yeah, it's definitely tough. But at the same time, if, if you really want to win, if you really – you know, you, you got enough in you. You know, young kids, you know, they can play an extra 40 minutes of basketball, but it certainly does take a little toll on you, especially if you're dealing with some, you know, n- nagging injuries or anything like that. But I do remember that third game, you know, against Michigan State. It's just, it's even more of a grinder than it would be regularly. And a lot of Big Ten games are like that normally, but that third day, you know, a little less transition, a little, you know, just a little harder to score, all those things. And, it just makes for a really compelling, close game, which is what it's probably going to be, uh, no matter what. Uh, but it is certainly tough. Is it fair to say for the Badgers, one of the keys anyway, will be that first, say, five to ten minute stretch? Because that's when Nebraska is going to be at its freshest, have its most emotion before the fatigue really starts to kick in. And if you can survive or even have a lead after that stretch of the game, it's going to get tougher and tougher for Nebraska from then on. No, definitely, and I will say it's just different playing in the Big Ten tournament, too. You know what I mean? Just like the pregame warm-ups are different. You only get 20 minutes on the court. Mm-hmm. You're in a neutral site in a gym you've never played in before and uh, using a ball you don't use all year long. And so those first five to ten minutes, you know, the nerves are there a little differently. So if you can really get off to a good start those first five minutes, and I think you've seen in the tournament in these first couple games, you know, teams getting off to slow starts just – getting their feet wet and get used to everything because it's just different. It's just a different environment. Um, so I think if we can come out and get, get off of the lead here, that's going to be a great time for the rest of the game. It's interesting. You mentioned earlier in your response about – uh, coach, you know, playing for coaches' jobs or coaches' situations, something that many feel might be the case for Nebraska right now with, with Tim Miles. Do you think that's something those players talk about, just n- are aware of without ever really communicating to one another? And what sort of role do you think that plays in their mindset going into a game like this? 
Yeah, I definitely think it does. I mean, fortunately, I wasn't in a part of that situation, right? but right. I, I do know that, you know, players know everything. They hear everything, especially today. I mean, they're all on our phones all day long, so they, they know what's going on, and I think it, it's, a, it's a credit to, uh, quite honestly, Tim Miles for his players are playing hard for him. They, they, they must enjoy playing for him. They must, you know, enjoy having him around because they're playing their best basketball of the year, and even, you know, even though they may not be, you know, again, one of the better teams, they're still, you know, doing their thing and trying to advance as far as they can and if, if they didn't like coach miles they would probably have given up a little, a little longer ago so yeah i think it definitely just shows the character of the coach and, and the players and they're gonna play hard and we gotta be ready for it well playing his best basketball of the year and maybe of his career for the badgers is khalil iverson and uh greg guard commented on khalil iverson's play and why it's been so important for this badger team want to hear greg guard and then get your reaction to that here's greg guard on khalil iverson I think those are the things as a coach that make you proud that you watch somebody grow off the floor and understanding how important little things are and how you improve habits and whether it's sleep habits, eating habits, how do you deal with adversity in your life. And, uh, you know, he's grown in so many ways. And I think now you see it, you know, coming to fruition as a player on the floor. But his approach and his maturity level has taken huge steps forward. There's never been any question, Josh, that uh, Khalil Iverson has some amazing physical gifts and talent, and then what, he can play defense and do a lot of different things. So how do you explain what has been two weeks, three weeks, whatever, this stretch of basketball he's played? Is it just simply knowing that the end is near as a senior and leaving it all out there right now, as they say? Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing, quite honestly. I think he kind of saw, you know, people like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be playing as much, and, and he, instead of yeah, all right, maybe I shouldn't be playing as much. He, he stepped up to the plate and became much more aggressive, which is a good thing. And he saw the, the end is near, the lights at the end of the tunnel, and, and he's playing his best basketball. He's been unbelievable, and we're, we're going to need it. And, you know, he's just a quiet kid. He's, he's a little reserved, and I think he's finally comfortable. For the guys around him, he's comfortable with his role. He's comfortable being aggressive and kind of being more assertive. And he's showing, and we need him to be because he's one of our better scorers and attackers to the rim that can create plays for us. He certainly helped the Badgers at both ends of the floor. Something he'll try to do today. About 2 o'clock tip time in Chicago, the Badgers and Nebraska. Josh, enjoy the game. Hopefully there's a couple of them to enjoy over the weekend. Absolutely. It should be fun. That's Josh Gosser, Captain America, the former Badger, joining us. The voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay, comes your way next on Lucas in the Morning. Lucas in the morning. Joining us shortly, as he always does, will be the voice of the Badgers, Matt LaPay, who's down in Chicago. First, he went to the sunny climate, warm climate of Phoenix, Arizona, watched the Brewers all week, and then go to Chicago where it's not as sunny, not as warm, and I don't think there are any Brewers other than the places where you can get served adult beverage. Uh, Matt LaPay, our Badger Insider, is brought to you by Middleton Ford. If you don't see the Middleton Ford logo, you pay too much. MiddletonFord.com. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Good morning, Rob. How are you doing? Not, not too bad. I was just reminded why my mother always reminded me 10 and 15 times walked out the door to grab a hat because I forgot to give Ben the number for you in the hotel you're staying at. So the first question, Chicago or, in, or Indy, better site for you for the Big Ten Tournament? Well, for convenience, for for fans who live in Wisconsin, it's Chicago. I just to get there, but I, 
to me, I think the best site is Indy because even the, the drive to get there, if you drive, is a little bit longer. But once you park your car, you don't need it until you head back, head back north. Uh, every it's a smaller town that embraces uh, events like this. It's really good at it. Um, it's had a lot of major sporting events and runs it runs them very well. So it's a little six of one, half dozen of the other. I, I do think talking to folks here. When the Big Ten tournament is here, Wisconsin sells its allotment and then and then some rather quickly just for the, the sheer convenience of getting into Chicago. But actually getting to the venue, um, once you're there, Indy is easily the best. So the Badgers will take on Nebraska this afternoon to Miles Club, having won two straight games. So this will be their third game in three days. So on the one hand, they've got momentum. They're hot. They may be playing for their coach's uh, future or whatever that might be, or certainly getting into the NCAA tournament. The only roadmap for them is winning the Big Ten tournament. So they've got that on the one side. On the other side, there are those in the Badger Nation that will say, well, if you had to pick a name out of a hat of the possible matchups when this tournament started, this would be the one you would take for many of those reasons. Which side do you fall on for the Badgers? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do have left because not only have they played two games in two days, they, their roster is depleted. They, they've had a, a number of injuries, there's a player suspended. So they're playing six guys, a seventh gets in for for a few minutes. I mean, James Palmer... And, uh, you know, you're talking about guys who are asked to play every minute of each of the uh, each of the first two games. Uh, Palmer and Watson have both played 40 minutes in the, in the games against Rutgers and Maryland. So, um, you know, I guess you could go back. I've heard the comparison. Going back to the when you're younger, playing AAU ball, you're playing multiple games in a day. This is a little bit different, but I suppose for some of those guys, it's not a totally foreign concept. Um Look, the thing that Nebraska has going for it is that it seems to be you can play with nothing to lose, and they do have talent. Uh, and just mention a couple of those guys. So they're getting contributions from much lesser-known players right now. But if you're Wisconsin, it's a good matchup. It's a team that you've beaten the one time you've seen them down in, uh, uh, down in Lincoln. But the thing that's a, a little bit of a surprise to me, there were some schools I thought would be a problem in this Big Ten tournament. Penn State would be one, Rutgers would be one. I didn't have Nebraska as one of those teams, but the fact is when their best players are playing real well, then this is a pretty tough pretty tough draw to get, as Maryland and Rutgers found out. Well, Nebraska virtually has no bench. The Badgers have gotten a, a rotating kind of a carousel of who's going to come off the bench to give them a contribution at different points. It's been guys like Pritzel or Ford or, or King, and Greg Gard was asked about the reason. I want to hear his reaction to the contributions Pritzel and King have given this team, and then get your reaction to that. Here's Greg Gard. I'm seeing more in that, specifically with Brevin and Kobe. More and more confidence, more and more aggressiveness, more, and we'd like them both to be even more aggressive. My line to both of them is, I'll tell you when to stop shooting, and I haven't said stop yet, so keep finding ways. Normally in some of these tournaments you say depth might not be as much of an issue because it, you know, it's a shorter tournament format, it's not over a long season, but this Badger team really needs contributions from guys like Pritzel and King to have success, doesn't it, Matt? Yeah, in a Big Ten tournament, it does. Even if, certainly, if you're Nebraska, you're you're being asked to win five games. But in the case of the top four, you're being asked to play three games in three days. So if you can get some contributions from your sixth man, your seventh, your eighth, however deep you go, that that could be very huge. And then there's also the issue of foul trouble in any game. Doesn't matter if it's this week or next when you get into the NCAA tournament, or if someone tweaks an ankle or something like that. You you want to be able to have guys who you can trust to have some proven productivity. And 
Brevin Pritzel is one of those guys, and it is it has been good to see Kobe King become more assertive on the offensive end. I just think it's been his nature to defer, and this guy has talent. We've talked about it all year, and he's starting to show some more flashes of it. I guess we do have to remind ourselves that he is a, a redshirt freshman. Not every freshman is Zion Williamson. Most, uh, in fact, <laughs> yeah. 99.9% aren't. So you just you have to let these guys grow at their pace, and I've said it before, I'll say it here again now, I think before he's done, uh, Kobe King's going to be a heck of a college basketball player, and we're seeing some indications of that here of late. They just want to see it maybe a little bit more consistently. While the Badger season is winding down, the Brewers is just getting set to get going. You just came from Arizona. What was the vibe? What did you take away from your time in Phoenix and Maryville uh, with the Brewers? Now, first off, I'll be the probably 5,000th person who's commented <laughs> on how unbelievable the facility is, the renovation at the American Family Fields of Phoenix. So was one of the first things I did when I got there Monday. I got a tour, and it's just, it really is spectacular. You can you know, catch a game on television or see photos, uh, videos online, which is great, but you need to really take a look at it in person. Just the difference, especially if you had been out there um, last year or in any previous years since they've been out in Maryvale, so that was terrific. I, the thing that uh, the highlight for me, Rob, was, and it's another example of the camaraderie this ball club has had now for a couple of years. When Jimmy Nelson took them out for his one inning on Monday, you know, you're getting pretty deep into a Monday afternoon, cloudy, kind of a blustery day out in Arizona. It was a very nice crowd there, and they gave Nelson a, a standing ovation. The players all stayed, those who were in the lineup and were removed later in the game. They're all at the top step of the dugout. I talked to Josh Hader uh, after that, after Nelson pitched his inning, and he said, man, look, I had goosebumps watching this. So that that gives you an idea how these guys, it's a little bit of a college type of feel in some ways, how they how they pull for one another. And, yeah, they're hungry. This is a team that you know, had a great year last year, but it was a game short of the World Series. So I think that... The hunger is still there, and in fact, I know it's still there in a, in a very big way. And um, you know, the, I'm sure the expectations are really high outside, but inside that clubhouse, the expectations are really high. They they believe that they're a very, very good team. So uh, I think, like everybody else, we're eager to you know, 13 days what from uh, from opening day now. Yeah. So I think they're they're getting to the point where they're probably getting a little bit eager to to break camp here in the next uh, in the next few days, but. Uh, I just I, I like what I see in the the three whole days I was out there. That, that lineup is going to be balanced, and I think it's going to be very very dangerous. A lot of good vibes coming out of Arizona as the Brewers get ready to start the season. We hope some good vibes as well down in Chicago for an extended run for this Badger team at the Big Ten tournament. We thank you, Matt, for your time and uh, have a good time in Chicago. All right, Rob, take care. That's Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers. Last call coming your way next on Lucas in the Morning. Beyond the in the morning time for our tweet of the day and i got a couple for you one is kind of tough because it's a visual but picture this travis shaw tweeted out yesterday coming soon the land hashtag the land baker mayfield at christian yelich it's a picture in the brewers clubhouse christian yelich's jersey hanging up travis shaw's jersey hanging up in between the two of them a locker stall for Baker Mayfield with a Brewers jersey. Baker Mayfield, of course, the Cleveland Browns quarterback who's been working out with Christian Yelich during the offseason. 
uh, caught up in our last call. You know, Phil Mickelson is getting caught up in that scandal, the college, the bribery. Uh, Phil used that same tutor company for his own kids to help them with their college applications. Though Phil is denying any sort of wrongdoing or money going anywhere. Where there's money and athletes and sports, somehow you seem to find Phil Mickelson in gambling. He denies any uh, connection to that. Badgers, Cornhuskers, 2 o'clock this afternoon. Matt LaPay and our own Mike Lucas with the call. Lukey's back on Monday. Dan Patrick's show is coming your way next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great, safe, and fun weekend. This has been Lucas in the Morning. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.